your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, October 21st. I'm Terry Arango with my guest, Tom Bohager. Tom, who is the author of the new book entitled Everything You Need to Know About Enzymes, A Simple Guide to Using Enzymes to Treat Everything from Digestive Problems and Allergies to Migraines and Arthritis, as well as Enzymes, What the Experts Know, is one of the founders and serves as the president of Enzymedica, a nutritional supplement company that specializes in enzymes and enzyme therapy. Tom, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. To our listeners, this program will contain medical information, but it is not intended as medical advice. Before using any significant biomedical interventions or changing an established regimen, please consult with the individual's treating physician who provides regular medical oversight. Tom, before addressing supplementation, could you please define enzyme and explain the difference between digestive and metabolic enzymes? Sure. Uh, enzymes are uh, basically they're proteins, it, not unlike all the proteins that make up all the, the tissue in our bodies, uh, with one major exception, and that is that these particular proteins contain what, what scientists call biological activity, uh, what we like to call energy. And because they contain energy, they have the ability to break down foods, whether they be proteins, carbs, fats, and these would be called digestive enzymes, any enzyme that contributes to the simplification of food so that they can be absorbed uh, on a cellular level is a digestive enzyme. Um, and then they are also produced uh, in, in the cells, and, and these are, are metabolic enzymes, and they too contain biological activity or energy. But instead of breaking down foods in the cells, what these enzymes do is they serve as catalysts, and these catalysts essentially speed up all the biochemical reactions in the cell to make uh, these reactions possible, which serves as the backbone for life of the cell. So. The difference between a digestive enzyme and a metabolic enzyme is really their function. Uh, the digestive enzyme contributes to the assimilation, the, uh, the benefit of food and all the nutrients provided in food, whether that's a, a nutritional supplement or literally food that we would uh, feed ourselves, whereas a metabolic enzyme contributes to sight, uh, the senses of, of taste and touch, um, the ability to think, um, for our hearts to beat, for us to take a breath. All of these things are driven by metabolic enzymes, but, but in its most basic definition, all of them are the same in that they're proteins that contain this energy. And which parts of our bodies secrete enzymes? I heard you mention cells. Do they actually secrete enzymes? No. When you say secrete, I assume you're, you're talking about the, the enzymes leave the cell and contribute to other things. So, so no, the cells wouldn't be... What I would say is of the 100 trillion cells or so in our body, uh, the majority would not be secreting um, enzymes. 
Uh, they do manufacture enzymes, but for cellular function within the cell. So nothing actually leaves the cell wall, um, you know, in most cases. Generally, when we're talking about secretion of enzymes, we're talking about the digestive process. So as an example, um, when we uh, chew food, even when we smell food, we secrete saliva in our mouth, and within that saliva there are three enzymes, three enzymes that break down starches or carbohydrates, right there present in that saliva. So that's, that's one area where we secrete enzymes. Of course, we secrete enzymes in our stomach. Uh, the enzyme pepsin is a very strong enzyme that breaks down protein. It's very active in an acid environment. As the food leaves our stomach, it enters the small intestine, and in the small intestine there's additional secretion of enzymes, particularly lipases, and these lipases help break down fats. And it's at this point that the body takes a type of inventory of what's been digested, what's not, what's been consumed, what needs to be uh, digested, and um, the body sends a signal to primarily the pancreas, but the liver is involved as well as our cells literally in the small intestine and the large intestine, that, that here's the food inventory, here's what we have yet to digest, and then more enzymes are secreted along that pathway, the small and large intestine, um, in order for us to benefit from those foods. But all along, from the time we start chewing the food to the time um, the, um, the parts of the food that we don't need leave the body, Enzymes are being secreted throughout that entire process, and uh, that's how we're able to break down those proteins, fats, and carbohydrates to really benefit from the nutrients in that food. What if you see food that has left your body and it's not been fully digested? What does that signal to you? It, it could mean a couple things. It could mean, number one, that, that your digestive system is um, is not as efficient as it should be, um, that you're not you're not producing enough of the right enzymes to benefit from that food source. The other is um, that it could be just a real fibrous food, um, you know, a food that's very difficult to break down. There's There's one enzyme that we don't manufacture as humans, and that's called cellulase. Cellulase is the enzyme that breaks down fiber or cellulose. And so since we don't make cellulase, it's possible for foods that contain a lot of cellulose or fiber, and, and you think of corn or broccoli or cauliflower, those real fibrous foods, um, we might have difficulty breaking those types of foods down, um, certain leafy greens. Um, and, and, and so what we have to depend on in that particular case is the microflora in our intestinal tract, the good bacteria, and they are very efficient at manufacturing these cellulases. So if, if something passes through the entire digestive system without um, the benefit of breakdown, then it probably contains a lot of fiber, and we probably are a little imbalanced with our microflora. We probably need a probiotic to enhance cellulase um, production within the intestinal tract. All right. And what is the relationship between the digestive system and other bodily systems? Well, actually, they're, they're all connected. You can't name a single bodily system that is not in some way affected by the digestive system, primarily because all of the nutrition that um, all of the cells are dependent on uh, all start in the digestive process. So if we are, if we are in effect not very good at breaking down and benefiting from the nutrients in our food, it will ultimately affect every system of the body, uh, number one. Number two is is there's a, a tremendous amount of energy 
um, required to break down food. And if you just think back to the last time you ate too much, and um, for me it's every time I go to Carabas. <laughs> I eat too much food, uh, and, and it's Italian food in particular. You, you start out with the bread, and then before you know it, the pasta is there, and, and, and then you might have some chicken with the pasta or whatever. But in any event, we're all a little different. It might be turkey dinner. It might be uh, anything. When, when we consume too much food, we get very tired. And when we get very tired, we get lethargic and, and, and sleepy, and, and our systems are, in effect, starving for energy. And so another connection, aside from the nutrition connection, is that that when we um, when we eat, if we're not eating the right foods, healthy foods, foods that are living foods, such as uh, raw vegetables and raw fruit and things like that, that that really don't take a lot of digestive energy, we are in effect potentially we could be stealing energy from other systems of the body. Our body runs on on energy, and um, and health is in effect defined by how much metabolic energy we have the ability to produce and access on a cellular level. And so when we are eating the wrong kinds of foods, processed and cooked foods in particular, then then we're we're drawing a lot of energy to the digestive system. This is this is stealing, if you will, although not scientifically accurate. It, it helps make the point. It's stealing um energy from vital other systems, whether it be the the endocrine system or the circulatory system or the immune system. And while we're digesting these foods that are non-living, which means we have to make all of the digestive enzymes ourselves, then the the energy consumption or the energy availability to all these other systems decrease. And so there's a there's a direct connection between what we put in our mouth and how healthy we are overall, both on a nutritional level and on an energy level. And when when you can wrap your head around that concept and spread your meals out, eating smaller portions, restricting um, calories, eating the right kinds of foods, supplementing with digestive enzymes, uh, even fasting from time to time, what ends up happening is you're giving all of that back to the body on a, on a metabolic level, and things start to balance out and we start to get better. Now, is, is what you're saying um, leading leaning towards uh, the fact that the digestive system using up a lot of energy could affect cognition as well? Uh, theoretically, yes, it could. Um, it could affect anything because um, with, uh, with the more energy required by the body, um, let's take it to the extreme. Let's go, let's go with, with a, a fully processed meal um, from cans uh, and far too much of it. Well, what we're going to end up with is an, is an extreme load to the digestive system, which means that the, the food is contributing nothing more than, than nutrients. And in, to get to these nutrients, we have to break down a lot of not just um, processed foods, but we have, to, we have to separate the processed foods from the chemicals. We have to benefit from, from the fiber, the protein, the carbohydrates, and the lipids in those foods. And we've given the body this amazing task to overcome. What's likely to happen at that moment or, or soon after that, that meal is we're going to get extremely tired. Uh, we may even go to sleep. And as a result of, of that, there's, the systems are all slowing. Every system in the body begins to slow unless there's a lot of adrenaline in the, in the body and we have that, that fight or that flight mode um, taking place. And that's the only time, by the way, during fight or flight when all of that adrenaline is being produced in the body that digestion takes a secondary position. 
if we're not in that mode of that, that high adrenaline mode of fight or flight, then digestion always takes precedence over any other system of the body, and it becomes secondary in, in nature. Wow. I would think if you were having a big uh, business power lunch and then went back to work, your body would be really confused. If, if the lunch, if you overdo it, you're absolutely right. That's why the siestas are very popular in Mexico. <laughs> they need a little nap before they get back to their, their work. You were talking about metabolic energy, and uh, is there such a thing as supplement, supplemental metabolic enzymes? And I, I don't want to stay too long on the supplements right this minute. But. Sure. Um, the, the, the short answer is no. No, there's there's no such thing as, it, it, by my definition, my definition of a metabolic enzyme is an enzyme produced within the body that produces a metabolic effect or a systemic effect. Um, so by definition, uh, how I define it, no. The, you, there's nothing that you can consume orally that can be identified by the body as metabolic, which means as part of the body, and have a systemic effect. All right. And we'll be back with Tom Bohager of Enzymetica in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Tom Bohager, president of Enzymedica and author of the new book entitled Everything You Need to Know About Enzymes, a simple guide to using enzymes to treat everything from digestive problems and allergies to migraines and arthritis. And before the break, I was asking Tom uh, about metabolic enzymes and if those could be supplemented, and they can't. But, Tom, I understand there's a distinction between that and systemic enzymes. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm certainly glad you brought brought that up. Um, even though we can't uh, deliver a metabolic enzyme in a capsule, um, which by definition is an enzyme you know produced in the body having a metabolic effect, um, we can support uh, systems of the body through um, uh, exogenous enzymes, enzymes that come from from outside the body and enters the body orally. And, and the way that's done is, is there are certain enzymes that have a therapeutic or a systemic effect. And all that really means is, is that they've been shown to um, support uh, the um, uh, – they might have an anti-inflammatory um, supportive mechanism in the enzyme. There might be some immune support uh, shown by a particular enzyme. There might be enzymes that have a detoxifying effect. And although you're getting a systemic effect or a therapeutic effect from that particular enzyme or enzyme blend, by definition, they're not called metabolic enzymes. And there's a lot of confusion surrounding that. Um, often when we start talking about therapeutic uses of enzymes, someone might say, well, I didn't think we could, you could make a metabolic enzyme. And, and we're not. We're not making metabolic enzymes, nor are we delivering them. But there are um, enzymes from different sources that can have real therapeutic benefit and not to be confused with, with metabolic enzymes. All right. And how do these supplemental therapeutic enzymes get where they need to go? Uh, well, it depends on the enzyme itself. Um, so the most popular therapeutic enzymes are proteases. Enzymes uh, that break down protein are called proteases. Now, if you, if you were to take a, a protease typically with a meal that contains protein, that, that enzyme will break that protein down and you'll benefit from that protein and because it'll help, uh, it'll break proteins down into peptides and it'll break peptides down into amino acids and we need all of these things. They're vital for life. On the other hand, if you take a protease enzyme on an empty stomach or if you take more protease than you need for digestion, then a percentage of that protease will end up in your blood. And here's where it gets a little technical. In your blood, it really wouldn't serve much purpose at all if there wasn't something already in your blood called alpha-2 macroglobulin. And alpha-2, which is what we'll call it for short, is secreted by white blood cells, which is uh, the backbone of your immune system. And these white blood cells, one of the many things they, they secrete to communicate with other systems of the body and in particular to, to tell the immune system, the cells involved in immune function, what needs to be done, um, one of these, these chemicals is, is alpha-2. The beauty of alpha-2 is it's looking for proteases. It's looking for proteolytic enzymes. And when it finds a protease, it bonds with it. And it becomes what scientists call a chaperone. And the chaperone, the fact that it's now attached to this alpha-2, allows it to remain in the blood. If, if it wasn't for alpha-2, the body would look at this protease and go, hey, that's not part of me. That didn't come from me. Let's get rid of this protein. 
But because it's attached to alpha-2, it's got a free pass, and that free pass lets it go wherever the alpha-2 goes. Now, the, the wonder and beauty of alpha-2 is is that alpha-2 is drawn to and, and um, ends up in places that need the most attention. Let's say there was trauma to the body uh, and we were bruised or we have a strained ankle or sprained ankle or, or let's say um, we're fighting infection or we're or trying to overcome a virus. Alpha-2 is there. Alpha-2 is the, is the, the um, ambulance that delivers the protease, which are the, the medics, um, to the sites of the body that need the greatest attention. And once there, it releases the protease and allows it to function as a proteolytic enzyme. The amazing thing about inflammation, about detoxification, about viral and bacterial issues, is the body needs a lot of protease to overcome these things because all of these things involve protein that needs to be removed in order for healing to take place. So, so with regard to what what the greatest category, the most popular category of therapeutic enzymes, and that is proteases, we depend on alpha-2 to get it to where it needs to go. Wow. So yeah. um, it sounds as if the also the timing of administration varies uh, upon your objectives. It certainly does. If, if a person is suffering from digestive issues, they are going to take their enzymes at the beginning of the meal. If a person is suffering from uh, an inflammatory issue or they're trying to overcome a bacterial or a viral infection, they're going to want it as far away from food as, as possible. And we recommend, you know, one hour before you eat or two hours after you eat is, is generally ideal because you could lessen its potency if it's, it's, if it's exposed to dietary protein because it'll, it, you'll, it'll, it'll be used for that dietary protein rather than being absorbed into the bloodstream. Oh, okay. Now, in a perfect body, how does enzyme activity become impaired to begin with? Uh, well, in a perfect body, um, it, it, it well genetically perfect. So, in you know somebody right. that okay, right, right out of the shoot, right out of the shoot. Okay, there's um, there's a number of ways that that we're uh, affected. Um, first of all, genetics do play a role. Uh, some individuals naturally make more enzymes than others, but but if all if all people are equal then um, there's environmental attack, um, which means that, that the pollution that we, that we breathe in, the, the, the stuff that we absorb through our skin, all creates an elevated enzyme response or an immune response that requires more enzymes. The more enzymes required, the less enzymes available for other systems of the body. That could create a deficiency um, there environmentally. Um, then you've got your diet. The, 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 the worse the diet, the, the more processed and cooked foods we consume, the greater the deficiency in metabolic enzyme production. The, the demand for digestive enzymes increases, the availability of metabolic enzymes decreases, and as a result, we end up with, um, with a deficiency of sorts. Um, and then it simply might be wrong place, wrong time. Um, we might find ourselves exposed to uh, bacteria or, or vir viruses that require um, an elevated immune response, which require more enzymes. And so it, it, it tends to be, an, you know, our, our lifestyle and our environment that are the greatest contributors to these deficiencies. And there's some research which would indicate that in addition to, you know, the, the uh, quantity of the food, the types of food may also contribute. There, there's some people that believe, and this is not yet proven, but it, it's an interesting theory, that when you feed a child 
um, a lot of carbohydrates as a child, and in our, our society we tend to be very carbohydrate-driven, um, then later in life they tend to be amylase deficient, which is the enzyme that breaks down carbs. For children that eat a lot of protein as, as small children, maybe they live on a farm and as a result they have greater access to protein, um, they tend to be more protease deficient later in life. But some of that is, is also genetic. But any one of those things can, can contribute to a deficiency. Now, what's the importance of body pH to enzyme availability and utilization? Well, it's very important. In fact, we could probably spend uh, the entire show on, on pH alone. But, but the short story is, is that, that every single enzyme, and this is every enzyme in nature, and every enzyme genetically modified, it doesn't matter what enzyme we're talking about. Every enzyme has an environment in which it works best, and it, we call that an optimal environment. So um, let's say we're talking about protease, which is an easy one to talk about because we know that there are proteases that work very well in an acid pH. Pepsin is a great example of that. Pepsin is an enzyme we produce in the stomach. It's secreted in the stomach. Um, and and its, its environment is very, very acidic, and yet it works very, very well in that environment to break down protein. If, if pepsin were to be um, delivered to the small intestine, which is very alkaline, or, or I should say alkaline, not very alkaline, it's, it's, um, it's an 8 on the pH scale, uh, it would not work. It, it, it's not in its optimal environment. In fact, it, it, it's so far out of its environment that it would not be active at all, which means it would contribute to no protein digestion. On the other hand, uh, what we at Enzymetica do is, is we, we blend enzymes. Let's, let's take proteases as, as the example again. We blend five different proteases in our digestive enzyme formulas that range from, from proteases that work well in an acid environment uh, proteases that work well in a neutral environment, and proteases that work well in an alkaline environment, which are very hard to find, by the way. And we blend them all together so that, that as these enzymes pass through the entire digestive tract, whether it's, it's acid, neutral, or alkaline, we've got enzymes that are breaking this protein down all along the way. And that, that, that is very, very important. But, but another, another really important thing to consider here is that if, if our diet or our stress levels or our environment or our, our um, number of hours that, that we're awake versus the number of hours we're asleep um, or our caffeine intake, all of these things contribute to um, our the homeostasis of the, the pH in our body, the balancing of the pH in our body. If our small intestine, for example, becomes acidic, and it's supposed to be alkaline, then the, the naturally occurring um, digestive enzymes produced or secreted in the small intestine, which work in an optimal pH of 8, um, will no longer work nearly as well in an acid pH of, let's say, um, 6.5. 7 is neutral. Anything under 7 is acid. Anything over 7 is alkaline. So at six point, the difference between 6.5 in the small intestine and 8 is, is a huge difference to an enzyme. And where these enzymes would ideally work in a pH of 8, they're now no longer working well in a pH of 6.5, we've disrupted the entire digestive process because now our fats aren't being digested um, effectively, we're slowing the process down, we're absorbing more fat, um, insulin demand increases. I mean, all these mechanisms start to, start to occur. So one of the key things to, to maintaining health is maintaining the proper pH. 
And, and the way we do that is we drink sufficient amounts of water. We don't eat too much uh, protein. Uh, we make sure that the amounts of, of – um, I hear the music, so I can stop now. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll pick up with this after I spill out my coffee and take a nap, and we come back to Voice America with our guest, Tom Bohager. And uh, thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we're back with Tom Dohager. Tom, do you want to pick up where we left off? Sure. Um, I was talking about some of the things that, that we can do to um, to maintain the proper pH in the body, some of the things that contribute to an imbalance. So the, the imbalancers are, are, of course, diet, um, excess exercise. You know, when we – exercise is always a good thing. Uh, well, never use the word always, but it's mostly a good thing. And but, but people that exercise too much create a lot of acid in their body. So marathon runners, bodybuilders, things like that. High-protein diets contribute to um, – uh, to an imbalance of pH, as does caffeine and, and sugar and things like that. So if we can if we can make our diet, um, you know, uh, rich in 
the um, the natural or the uh, the living food, such as vegetables and fruits. We drink plenty of water. Uh, we get plenty of rest. Uh, we reduce stress, um, and we we keep um, exercise, you know, in check. We, you know, exercising three to five times a week for thirty to thirty minutes to an hour is is fine. Um, then we tend to be more balanced. But all of us, at times, due to stress and other factors, will find ourselves a little too acidic. And in cases like that, um, we can take more minerals. Um, we can eat more leafy greens. We can contribute to um, to more alkaline. Uh, producing uh, enzymes that that'll help with that. Okay, and I I just want to talk a little bit more about probiotics and enzymes before we zero in on autism. Um, you mentioned probiotics and microflora earlier. So, would people who have gastrointestinal problems benefit from taking both probiotics and enzymes? And if so, how would we space them apart? Do we need to? I, generally, you don't need to, um, but. But it's not a bad thing if you do. Uh, the probiotics are, are bacteria that that have living within, not living within them, but they're they're producing enzymes. And uh, some of the the enzymes they actually produce very well. We already talked about cellulase, which breaks down cellulose or fiber. And many of us who tend to be um, deficient in in that enzyme are are imbalanced in microflora. Um, but but in any event, uh, the enzymes produced by the microflora are some of the same enzymes we might be taking orally, and uh, and so there's a, there's a connection between the two. There are some individuals that that fear that by taking enzymes with probiotics, that the enzymes could in effect be breaking down the good bacteria, not giving them a chance to to uh, live, and and set up shop so to speak in in the intestinal tract, but. But there's nothing that, that suggests that that's actually taking place. In fact, the enzymes we, um, we consume orally, um, they're, they're not active on living microorganisms. Uh, living microorganisms actually have a protection against enzymes, and uh, they're not affected by enzymes, generally speaking. And so you can take them together. Some people are a little more comfortable separating them, um, uh, you know, let's say uh, 30 minutes apart. But personally, I, I take all mine together. I, I, I know enough about the two the two products to know that there's there's really no reason not to, and I would encourage uh, the listeners not to worry about it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and zero in on autism. So, what facets of the pathophysiology of autism are involved in disrupted digestion? Um, that, that's a tricky question. I, I, w- I would like to say, Terry, that that um, I'm, I've been studying. Uh, Enzymes for uh, about 11 years now. I've written two books on the topic, um, and I've only been uh, looking at and researching and being involved in autism for about half that time. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, that the, there are there are topics uh, within autism that I, I probably will not be able to speak on. But but with regard to this particular question, um, it, it's hard to say. The, uh, there are certain things that, are, that, are, that appear to be common um, with uh, individuals on the spectrum that include um, digestive issues. Now, the, the cause or the facets of the pathophysiology of autism um, and these issues uh, may be connected. Inflammation uh, might be an issue, malabsorption, allergies, immune uh, issues might all be contributing. 
but what we've found, and, and we, we've worked with um, several uh, doctors, several experts in the field of autism, and uh, many parents with enzymes and autism, is what we have found is is that when these um, these are present, whether it be inflammatory issues, digestive issues, um, allergic reactions to specific foods, or or um, even environmental uh, allergies, when you can address them um, with enzymes, some of the the non-related uh, symptoms of autism seem to improve. Now, as an example, um, we've seen tremendous benefit from addressing uh, viral issues with uh, individuals, particularly children, on the spectrum. Um, and, and when we do, even though they might not be exhibiting specific viral um, uh, tests or, or, or viral um, um, issues, they um, they often respond very well in communication. Their communication tends to improve. Their alertness tends to improve um, over time when we're addressing immune issues. So there's definitely a connection between the two. Uh, and we are seeing uh, a real uh, problem with digesting specific food groups. When we address that with enzymes, we see, uh, again, a, a definite improvement in other parts of uh, the individual's um, particular circumstances. But but it's hard to say what's contributing to what, and I, I honestly can't say that, that I have a, a real easy answer to that. A lot of the immune system is in the gut, right? Yes. Well, the immune system is certainly affected by the gut. So uh, as an example, uh, we talked about probiotics. Well, the probiotics are, are bacteria that are delivered through the digestive system. They enter um, the lower portion of the gut, or what we call the intestinal tract, and then once this bacteria begins to live within us, it becomes microflora. And, and so microflora produce enzymes that, that guard the, um, the a body from bacteria and viruses. So if we are, um, it, let's say we're exposed to a virus or bacteria, and we have a low uh, bacterial count or microflora count in our intestinal tract, then we're more susceptible to that bacteria or that virus. The other issue there is that the um, the responses to this uh, to this exposure is often controlled in the gut. So um, the immune system, some of the the cells of the immune system, the triggers for those cells to be produced line the gut. And and if if we're compromised digestively speaking, very often we have uh, the inability to produce enough of these immune cells to overcome these issues. So when we do help the gut heal, when we're producing the proper amount of enzymes in the gut to break down the foods, when we have proper microflora, then the immune system has all the tools it needs to be working efficiently, and there's a definite connection between the two. Okay, so uh, give us a, an illustration of we hear a lot about peptides and um, an opioid-like effect of things going through uh, a leaky gut. Give us an example of how enzymes would help with breaking these things down. Well, generally speaking, uh, when these large molecules um, enter the bloodstream, uh, let, let's, let's use peptide, um, it creates a, a response uh, by the body. It, it, it could be an immune response. It could be an inflammatory response. And that response has a negative consequence on uh, many systems of the body. 
the 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 way enzymes can can assist with this is that enzymes will um, number one identify proteins um, as uh, not in its simplest form, and number two, it will begin to break down this peptide into its simplest form of, of amino acids, uh, the form that it, it should be um, absorbed in. Where the problem exists is where when we get um, a compromised digestive system and we begin absorbing into the bloodstream uh, molecules that are too large for the body to benefit by, then um, it triggers, uh, in some cases, and this is one theory with autoimmune issues, it may trigger an autoimmune issue. Um, some, some researchers believe that autoimmune diseases can be traced back to, um, to absorbing in the bloodstream molecules that were not intended to be absorbed and as a result create this response. The immune system is responding to something it really can't identify. And what enzymes do is they help identify these, these um, peptides or whatever the case might be, helps break them down or it helps remove them from the body. Um, but a key here, and, and we've talked about this numerous times now on this show, a key to all of this is good microflora because in addition to, um, to the proper enzymes needed, the microflora serve as the barrier to prevent this from happening in the first place. So there's, there's certainly support both on an enzyme level and on a, on a um, bacterial level that, that can help uh, prevent this from occurring. Oh, wow. So you really see uh, probiotics and enzymes working synergistically? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the fact that, that the, um, the bacteria and the probiotics produce enzymes inherently um, and secrete them, by the way. We used that word secrete earlier in the show. These enzymes are actually literally available to the body, and they're, they're given to the body by these, um, by these microflora. Um, and the fact that they, they prevent, uh, by, by being uh, well populated in the intestinal tract, the absorption of offensive proteins or, or chemicals or um, anything that, that could be considered detrimental, um, there's, there's a real reason to both supplement with, with enzymes and probiotics when addressing any of these issues, whether they're immune or digestive. Now, even though the enzymes, the supplemental enzymes, can break down um, proteins, do you still feel that uh, a therapeutic diet is good for kids with autism? Absolutely, uh, no question. In fact, I would I would not recommend uh, enzymes being a replacement to diet. And um, in my experience, the the best use of enzymes with autism and diet is to use it in conjunction with um, the proper diet. So, for example, um, often children benefit from uh, cutting out gluten from their diet as best as possible, casein from their diet, even um, lactose from their diet, and certain simple sugars from their diet. Uh, even though there are enzymes, and we've got them, we've got enzymes in our formulas to break down gluten, we've got enzymes in our formulas uh, to break down casein, to break down lactose, and to identify simple sugars and even, even um, you know, prevent uh, certain reactions, you know, it, it, would be, it would be difficult to provide enough enzymes at the right time in the right spot to say that this is, in fact, a replacement to just good common sense when it comes to diet. However... Here's what we are seeing in dramatic fashion. 
that that when um, when an individual, a child or or an adult for that matter, is willing to um, to be uh, very balanced in their approach to these offensive food groups, and they combine enzymes with their diet, the combination is very dramatic. We're seeing tremendous success in that approach. Very good. And we'll talk about the success stories when we come back on Voice America. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. JackLalane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Tom Bohager, president of Enzymatica, and we're about to talk about some success stories using enzymes. Great. Um, well, I'm happy to report that, that there's a lot of success stories uh, with using enzymes and Enzymedica products. Uh, we're, we have been working uh, very closely now with uh, Karen D. Felice for probably the last, I'm going to say six years, I think, as, as far back as our relationship goes. And through um, her efforts at uh, educating uh, families and, and parents of children with autism, um, we've seen tremendous results. And it, it, it all starts with digestion, uh, or at least it usually does. Um, some of the same lines of, of questions that you had, Terry, regarding uh, diet versus enzymes, um, most parents have these questions. Uh, they recognize the benefit of removing certain types of foods from the diet, but they say, you know, this is tough. Uh, everything that they're, they're looking at on the label contains gluten, uh, you know, dairy is, is an issue for some. And, and the children who often, um, you know, for lack of a better word, are addicted to these types of foods, uh, they're very hard to, to, to get off of these, these, uh, these diets. 
And so um, one of the, the most prominent things that we're seeing, both uh, through the, the parents that, that, you know, consult with and talk to Karen, have read her book, is the benefits, digestively speaking. Those are the most obvious and those are the most immediate. Um, children that have trouble uh, breaking down certain types of food, um, they might get stomach aches or react negatively after eating. We see behavioral um, differences when they eat certain types of foods, uh, certain types of carbohydrates in particular. Uh, when they eat these, their, their, their behavior changes. They become um, more difficult uh, to communicate with and, and, and to, um, uh, to control. And so um, what's being reported is, first and foremost, is that the, the repair given to the digestive system of these children, um, they're seeing dramatic results immediately. Food cravings is another thing. You know, some of these children have a tendency to eat certain types of food and crave those certain types of food, especially the sweets and the sugars and the, and the, the simple carbs, um, only wanting those types of food and only, only being happy when they get those types of food. Um, and some of that is, um, goes back to what that type of food is doing to the physiology, the, uh, the way the child feels on that type of food. Uh, and some of it has to do with the lack of benefit that they're getting from other types of food, other healthy foods, like, for example, um, uh, a salad, you know, and, and not just children who have autism or have been uh, diagnosed within that spectrum, but all children. I mean, my, my kids, uh, as a matter of fact, they're, they're, they'd rather take a sweet over, over something nutritious any day. However, when, when you're utilizing the nutrients in these healthier types of foods better, it appeases um, the the nutrient demands of the body, and the food cravings decrease. So, so first and foremost, what we're seeing is a real benefit, digestively speaking. What we weren't expecting when we started providing enzymes to the parents of of um, uh, children who uh, have uh, been diagnosed on this spectrum is the behavioral, the, the dramatic behavioral differences. What has been reported um, when you uh, give a child um, these digestive enzymes along with, in particular, immune support with enzymes, we're seeing um, speech improve. Uh, we're seeing uh, that the attention of the child and the, um, the socialization of the child improves in many cases. Behavior tends to improve. We've already talked about digestion. And, and I, I will say that, that it's, it's not, you know, you can't expect these changes with every child. Every child is a little different. Their needs are a little different. Their, their um, uh, issues tend to be a little different. The way they cope is different. But I will say that, that based on, on what we're seeing through Karen's, um, her, her two uh, sons and all of the many thousands of people she's talked to over the years, along with most recently um, the Autism Treatment Center of America, which is the Sunrise Program, and Ron Kaufman's group, uh, a lot of those parents are beginning to take enzymes in addition to uh, the, um, the recommended communication styles that they promote along with uh, the diet. Uh, we're getting, uh, for the first time from, from parents that have gone through that, some tremendous feedback. Uh, we had the privilege of sponsoring a couple fa uh, families to go through that and, and contributing to their biomedical um, protocols, and, and the, um, the responses we're getting are, are extremely encouraging. So encouraging that at Enzymedica what we're doing is we are uh, formulating six new products that are specific for children who, um, who can't swallow capsules because one of the things that the parents have to do in order to benefit from enzymes almost 
in every case is they have to open the capsule and hide the powder in something. Well, these six new products, which will be available in January, will be powdered products. They're going to be in, in canisters. They'll just be the powder. There'll be no fillers in it, nothing that, that could uh, contribute to any negative response from the children. And then uh, the parents can put this powder in a, perhaps a drink. They can hide it in a little food if they so choose. But the delivery of these enzymes will be much easier as well. Well, then, Tom, this would be a good time to ask you if there's any special handling needed for enzymes. I know I've seen that, uh, you, you know, you shouldn't, get it on your hands or get it in your eyes or uh, wouldn't be a good idea to, sm- to sniff it. So. Right, right. And, and you know, uh, generally speaking, they're, they're, the, the answer is there's, there's no um, guidelines for delivering these, these enzymes to individuals. Where we start to run into problems is when the parents, because of necessity, have to open the capsules. Right. Yeah, so prior to having opened the capsules, there was never an issue. But now that parents are, are, are finding that they have to open these capsules, um, what we're seeing is um, some chapped lips around the children, some sensitivity in the corners of the mouth. Um, we're seeing uh, if, if these enzymes become airborne, there might be some sensitivity, like you said, to the eyes, the inner lining of the nose, even the hands if, if um, the parent or the child is real sensitive to these enzymes. And so what we recommend is, is just be careful. Um, what some parents will do is they'll take a little mineral oil or a little flax oil, um, and they'll, they'll literally use it as a little chapstick around the mouth of um, the child before they drink a smoothie that contains enzymes. Some parents have found that effective. Um, others um, uh, just just are real cautious about when they mix the enzymes with either the food or um, they hide it in something or they put it in, in the drink. Uh, you know, they, they do it behind the child's back, so to speak, not showing the child what they're doing, number one. Number two, they're making sure that um, they're careful that, that the powders aren't airborne when the child um, takes the drink or, or eats the food. Um, so there are, there, you do need to be careful. You, you really do. Now, these enzymes are typically, as an example, when, when the powders are put into capsules, the individuals that are putting the powders into capsules are wearing suits, and they have, um, they have goggles over their eyes. So that tells us that you, know, you have to be careful when delivering these. And so what we're doing on the powdered forms of these products is we're weighing the powders down. We're weighing them down with some some very um, these are medium chain triglycerides. These are triglycerides that that tend to be very beneficial to children. Uh-huh. And and by weighing the powders down, when it, when a parent will scoop this powder out and utilize it in either a food or a drink, the chances of them going airborne are reduced dramatically. And so we're happy to say that that the delivery system we're we're looking at, uh, you won't have that, those same problems. Good, good. Um, are there any guidelines if a child is using both enzymes and medications such as antifungals? Um, the only guidelines or the only thing I would be cautious of when recommending um, you know, or combining enzymes with anything, it could be um, antifungal or it could be antiviral, is that enzymes do detoxify and do it you know, in, in pretty large order. And so some children and, and some adults for that matter um, find themselves uh, cleansing, and, and the cleansing effect of these enzymes, um, they might notice um, flu-like symptoms uh, where maybe uh, sinus is, is uh, produced. Um, I would recommend the process of what Karen calls um, low and slow. Enter the protocol in a, in a low and slow way, slowly build to make sure that there's nothing um, reacting together. All right. Well, Tom... Would you like to add any closing remarks? 
Just uh, thank you for the time. And if uh, anybody has any questions, uh, you know, check out our website. We've got plenty to download that's just informational. But thank you for the opportunity. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you for sharing this helpful and comprehensive information with us today. Again, Tom Bohager's new book is entitled Everything You Need to Know About Enzymes, A Simple Guide to Using Enzymes to Treat Everything from Digestive Problems and Allergies to Migraines and Arthritis. Enzymedica's website is www.enzymedica.com. Next week, October 28th, my guest will be Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center, and Louisa Bacchus of the New Jersey Coalition for Vaccination Choice. For questions about this program, please email me at tiaranga at autism1.org. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and to our listeners, Thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.